0: Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka, And I'm Joelle Steiniger. Today we talked with Khaled Naim, the co-founder and CEO of OnFleet.
2: What do you think of this one?
0: This was great. Um, and one of the core topics that we discussed was turning away customers. And it was interesting to hear that they identified what their long-term vision is. And although they're not... Um, they haven't even built it yet. They know where they want to get, and they know what customers can get them there. And so, we talked a lot about the process and determining who that that core customer was for them, and what what they're looking for um, in in the future. And so, it was very interesting to hear at such a young stage having the five year vision and and already working towards it. So, let's get into it. Customer IO is a modern email platform built for startups. It helps you send the right messages at the right time based on how your customers are using your app. Go to customer.io slash rocket ship to start sending emails that convert. All right, so Khalid, tell us about OnFleet.
3: Yeah, uh, well, thanks for having me on uh, Rocket Ship. Um, OnFleet is, uh, uh, is a... It basically it makes it easy for businesses to manage their delivery operations. Um, so we provide uh, companies that have um, a delivery uh, component with uh, you know the tools to to provide a better customer experience and also to manage uh, their deliveries more efficiently. So that includes um, you know driver apps for drivers uh, for Android and iOS as well as a, a dispatch. Uh, dashboard that runs in any modern web browser.
0: And so this is for people who already have um, kind of a delivery service in place, and this software helps them do that more efficiently?
3: Sort of, yeah. I mean, a lot of our customers are just getting started. We do work with a lot of startups that are kind of planning their uh, upcoming uh, delivery on-demand delivery startup, or scheduled delivery startup. And Um, and they just, they don't want to have to build everything from scratch. Um, usually, uh, you know, they, they decide that the logistics software, um, isn't really their core competency and, uh, prefer to, um, to work with our API to, you know, be able to focus more on things that, um, you know, that matter to them most. So whether it's, you know, making, uh, making food, uh, you know, baking cookies, building partnerships with local liquor stores. Um, you know, it depends on the business, obviously, but um, OnFleet allows uh, our customers to focus on their product instead of having to build uh, a lot of this stuff from scratch. So how are you
0: finding customers who have this problem?
3: Uh, most of them are coming to us actually for the last couple of months, uh, since we sort of launched, uh, publicly and announced our funding and all of that, we've had hundreds of companies from all over the world, uh, reach out to us, request demos, and we kind of have a, have a sales cycle that we, that we go through, um, to onboard those customers and and get them set up with Onfleet. Um, we, we did start out, uh, doing a lot of outreach, um, just basically, uh, emailing companies that we came across in the space and, uh, you know, ex- seeing if, if they were interested in trying us out. Um, it's a free, it's a free trial. So, you know, for 75 deliveries a month, it's totally free. So companies usually get started um, just kind of poking around the product and uh, and seeing if it could be a good fit.
0: So you, we talked before the the call kind of about turning customers away and um, how that's actually been an advantage for you guys, or, or has helped you guys? I'd love to hear more about that um, process and how you determine who you who's not a good fit for you.
3: Yeah, that's um, yeah, good question. So, you know, we it's it's obviously really hard to do um, as a as a startup to you know just turn customers away, but it's something that I think is absolutely critical um, to be able to focus on. Um, on, on building the best product for, uh, you know, the customers that you want. Um, so you basically first, first step is to decide, you know, what types of customers you want. Uh, and that is usually based on, um, whatever, you know, metrics that you want to focus on or whatever your long-term vision is. So in our case, um, we want to move, uh, you know, in, 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 in the direction of sort of building a driver network, um, uh, and, and, uh, Basically, providing merchants or retailers with uh, the ability to offer deliveries to their customers without um, having to build their own fleets. Um, so, right now, most of our customers have their own fleets, but we're starting to, um, you know, experiment with uh, connecting merchants with other driver networks um, and also with local couriers. Uh, and so, for that, we decided that um, service customer service businesses. Uh, which have similar needs from a you know dispatching and tracking perspective, uh, wouldn't be a good fit because they would never convert to you know leveraging a driver network because it's not a commoditized you know um, uniform delivery experience for service fleets. For example, cleaners, mechanics, uh, massage services. Um, we're seeing a lot of these sort of on-demand service companies popping up. Um, they would never, you know, be able to use uh, a driver network because, you know, it's a, it's, it's not. It's, there, there has to be a service on the end of it. Um, so we've, we've turned all of those guys away. Whereas initially we were actually experimenting with, with them uh, as well as some transportation companies, um, but we've decided to, to not, you know, to, to turn them away, which is always, you know, a tough thing to do. But we've, um, and even turning them away and referring them to some competitors of ours. Um, but you know, it, it, it's really to to be able to focus on your long term vision and to be able to focus on the features that benefit your you know your your target customer base the most. So you know the the service customers service companies um, have specific features that they that they require that we haven't really built. All of the features that we built into the product are, are specifically focused on on delivery of goods, um, and so we don't we don't want to have to kind of um, build everything for everyone and and not really. Uh, build the best product for for anyone. So um, I think the best way to do that is to build, you know, to to really focus on a specific type of customer and and uh, not try to you know please everyone. Um, uh, at least initially, you know, focusing on a specific niche um, and and then the the kind of emerging market. So focusing on specific geographies in our case uh, mattered a lot. Um, emerging market companies. So, you know, we've had a lot of companies uh, in India and, and, and other emerging markets that want to use OnFleet, but um, there are a few things that just don't work really well there, you know, addresses and, um, and uh, telephony challenges have led us to also avoid, you know, um, onboarding those guys right now. Mm. So
0: how did you determine that this was your target customer, and you know not some of those service-based. Which it sounds like there's other people that are servicing them. They're going after that market. Um, how did you determine which market was right for you?
3: Yeah, I mean it's a it's obviously a big potential market. The service companies. Um, some companies are specifically just focused on them. Others. Uh, most of our competitors work with service companies and delivery companies alike. Um, we decided specifically just due to the, the direction that we wanted to take the company going really beyond just a software service product, um, which ultimately I think is, is, you know, a bit of a smaller market than building, you know, a driver network or a delivery marketplace. Um, so that was really the, the, the driver for that decision. Um, and again, you know, we, we experimented a bit with some service companies initially uh, they tend to have lower volumes as well. Um, and our pricing structure uh, you know, really makes it so that it's often not worth, um, you know, working with low volume companies uh, because it's all based on delivery volume. Hmm. okay.
1: When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices, construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. at and business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. backed by a reliable network the only network with built-in security controls sleep with rain was a hit take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com that's business.att.com um what is the most exciting
0: you know kind of aspect of this uh this business for you In, in terms of you know in working in the delivery space
3: yeah, it's, it's a really exciting space. I mean, there's so much happening in the space right now. We see, um, you know, we, basically what, when we got into it, we were doing something a little bit different. We were building a product called Addy, which made it easier for people to share locations uh, in emerging markets. So we were actually focusing on emerging markets oh. initially, um, because often addresses don't exist in, in many of these uh, countries. And, it makes it really difficult to order things to your house. Um, and even just to, to invite friends over to your house for dinner, um, it's always a bit of a hassle because you have to kind of describe your location using nearby landmarks and obscure points of interest. And that's um, something that I dealt with growing up in the Middle East uh, myself. So, um, so, you know, the, the, we, we got really interested in the space uh, through that initial product. And uh, we saw a lot of interesting things happening in the space out here. In the U.S., um, you know, in, in Silicon Valley, uh, there's there's just a lot of companies that are um, that are popping up that are doing uh, something related to logistics, um, because you know I think the smartphone has really enabled a more efficient logistics operation that can be um, you know that can be built uh, you know quite effectively. So. Um, so we've we've been seeing you know this this trend and, and you know towards delivery and convenience I think it's also you know smartphones have changed the consumer expectation to a certain degree I think uber has been a big part of that sure. um, you know transparency and uh, immediacy um, and a lot of you know we felt like a lot of these companies were kind of reinventing the wheel when they you know got up and running and they were building you know the same technologies, uh, you know, driver apps and real-time location streaming and, you know, routing and ETAs. And we thought, you know, maybe we could build uh, an infrastructure that these com- that would allow these companies to get to market much more quickly and not have to spend a lot of time and resources building everything from scratch. Uh, and we also basically believe, uh, and what we've seen play out really over the last year and a half since we've been doing this, is that these companies, you know, the, the local delivery Companies are very, uh, you know, it's difficult or at least slow to scale geographically. So, going from market to market, city to city, um, you know, who knows when, uh, you know, someone like a Sprig or Montree or um, you know these types of businesses will be, uh, you know, in in, in other markets. Uh, so there's you know so many companies around the world that are that are uh, popping up that are you know building you know the the Sprig for uh, Paris, for example, mm. or or you know the uh, the Muntry of Austin, Texas, and we you know we can provide them with the the same kind of quality software that those bigger companies have.
0: So when you're looking at like B2B acquisition,
3: um, it,
0: and yet you're kind of an infrastructure API um, solution, how do you tackle that with um, with small businesses uh, that that need this delivery service, but um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I feel like they may not be accustomed to kind of an API driven solution.
3: So, the, we don't. So, a lot of our customers actually use OnFleet out of the box without any kind of API integration. Okay. Um, it's not required, but it does make for, you know, a, a more hands free, like, hand, you know, a seamless experience where the orders from the customer are propagated into OnFleet directly without any. Any sort of manual um, task creation or assignment, um, so it is more effective to build into our API. And we actually we have you know third party developers that we that we work with that are very familiar with our API that we sort of refer some of these smaller businesses to, um, and they pay them a couple hundred bucks and they build an API integration for them, mm. um, and then we get a really good deal there. And so we we try to make it easier for businesses. Um, to use our API. And we even have a Zapier plugin, which um, uh, which allows uh, for integration into our API through other uh, applications, you know, even s- simple, as simple as Google Spreadsheets or WooFo forms to be, you know, tied in directly with Onfleet. Um, so, we, you know, we do make an effort to make it as easy as possible because we understand that you know, not a lot of um, smaller businesses can build into our API. But we, you know, we work with a lot of larger businesses as well and startups that have a technical team that can build into our API.
0: Is that something that you found um, got people excited or was it a um, or is it kind of an unknown still for people? The API? Yeah, yeah. The kind of that, you know, because we have Stripe and, and and in the tech world, everyone's very excited about it. But I wonder, outside, is that confusing to you know just a business owner who needs a solution?
3: Um, it's it's yeah. I mean, it depends on the on the on the type of customer. I think we've. Uh, I mean, an API. We basically believe uh, that. Delivery, you know, you can't really build a one-size-fits-all product. So we needed to build an API to allow for flexible, for a lot more flexibility on the on the customer end, so they can build their own routing engine. They can, you know, decide on which driver to assign which deliveries to using their own custom logic, mm. and then somehow you know push that into Onfleet. So we absolutely needed an API. And in fact, when we first got started, we uh, we thought that we would just build an API uh, for logistics and ended up deciding that we, you know, we really needed um, a lot of these other pieces in place as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't th- I think, you know, APIs are starting to become more and more commonplace. I think people realize that, you know, getting different applications to talk to one another um, is is definitely the future, you know, of technology. A, a lot of companies are built just doing that one thing, connecting you know, like Zapier, just connecting, uh, various applications with one another. Um, so I think, yeah, people are starting to understand it more and more. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Um, so you guys have, I believe raised a seed round and you're, you're, you're growing to 12 people. Um, how have you built out that sales process that's allowed you to scale?
3: Yeah. So that's, yeah, still a work in progress. And I think it's always going to be a work in progress. Um, you know, building, building an efficient sales cycle, uh, is, is super important for, for B2B especially. Um, and I think we've done a really good job at that. We, we brought uh, somebody on board, um, pretty early on that just really focuses on, on sales and, um, has sort of established this process. Um, and we have, um, we've been improving it over time. Uh, Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it evolves. I mean, when, over the last couple of months, we've been dealing with a lot of inbounds, which was, you know, we didn't really kind of structure the, the sales cycle uh, super effectively for inbounds um, because initially we were reaching out to a lot of different companies. But um, yeah, at this point, we've got it down to a science. I think we, uh, you know, we set up quick demos with uh, with potential customers after qualifying them and making sure that they're going to be a good fit. Uh, And then we provide them with access to the product um, and sort of, you know, monitor them and make sure that they get up and running effectively. Um, So we actually don't really call it a sales team. We call it customer success and customer development um, because, you know, people don't like to be sold to. Uh, Generally, you know, I don't like to be sold to. I don't like it when somebody cold calls me. Um, So we've sort of structured it around what we believe, um, especially the, the types of people that we're going after would like, you know, would like to feel or would like to see. So, you know, we, um, we, we pay a lot of attention to, to that. Um, and I think it's really worked quite well.
0: Is there anything that product wise that you guys are using, um, to help qualify those leads?
3: Um, to help qualify. So yeah, we use a lot of different tools. We use Relate IQ as sort of the core of our sales funnel, um, we used uh, we used outreach.io to to kind of um dri- set up drip campaigns for potential leads but we haven't been doing outreach for for a while now because of the the influx um you know the the inbound leads um and then we use tools like intercom and Zendesk to support them after the sale um but as far as like qualifying them it's more of a manual thing we have a couple of interns on board that spend you know that that really you know, qualify the the, the inbounds, uh, make sure that they would be a good fit, either through, just, you know, asking them a couple of questions via email. Um, we automatically reply to a demo request with a few questions that we um, get the customers to answer, you know, regarding their type of business that they're running, what's where they're located, things like that, so we can uh, more effectively kind of qualify them and, and prioritize them. Uh, and then we set up, you know, a, a demo call after that. Very cool. Um, what's
0: been the the most challenging part of scaling, even up to twelve people for you guys?
3: Yeah, good question. I mean, there's there's all sorts of different challenges every day. There's you know a new challenge, which is what I really uh, enjoy. I think it's it's been you know keeping me really uh, excited and stressed at the same time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, every day is a new challenge. I think uh, building the team is is sort of the current challenge. Finding great people, um, you know, really, really solid. Uh, you want to really build a, a super solid core team. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time uh, interviewing and hiring people. Um, we just hired a couple of account managers to just focus on, you know, supporting our customers and making them, uh, you know, helping them use the product most effectively. Uh, but that took a couple of months to find those people. You know, we interviewed uh, dozens and dozens of people, maybe hundreds of, um, so you know putting a lot of care into 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 building the right team thinking about things like culture fit and you know diversity um while at the same time you know looking for the most qualified people um so yeah i mean hiring right now is uh is is definitely my focus whereas you know before it was fundraising and it's going to be fundraising again uh in the fall probably but um you know that's that's uh i think I think most most sort of startups will will find uh, that building the team, hiring the right people is is where they spend a lot of their time.
0: What are you guys looking for
3: in kind of universally
0: in a team member
3: um, yeah, so I think culture is super important. I think we've done a really good job at finding people that um, that we just get along really well with. We have a really kind of uh, live workspace here in San Francisco. None of us actually live here, but it's really <laughs> homey. We have a kitchen, you know, uh, it's like a, a loft uh, and it's, it's great to just like feel at home. We have like a nice couch area where people just kind of hang out. And it's important, I think for, to, to bring people on board that, that you want to grab a beer with and you want to have a, you know, have a good time with um, so that they, you know, they, they don't feel, uh, you know, obligated to come into the office every day without wanting to. So,
0: right. Is there anything unique you guys are doing to kind of see, sometimes it's hard to to get to know someone in a quick interview. Is there anything unique you guys are doing to see if this is a person that you want to not only work with, but, um, hang out with?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, we do, we usually do try uh, hanging out with them outside of work before making an offer. Mm. Um, we ask them what kinds of things they enjoy doing, you know, have they been to Burning Man? That's always a good question. (laughs) Um, Because uh, you know the, the my founder co-founders and I went a couple of years ago and, and it you know had a pretty big impact on the way we you know we we saw things especially as it related to the company so um, that's always a, a good a good thing to uh, you know to see in a candidate but just generally like what they enjoy doing outside of work um, matters a lot and also you know how product uh, oriented are they so we're a very product focused team. Um, you know, I, I still sort of, you know, had, had the product, um, product management side of things. So that's important. We got it. We, we really want to see that they're super passionate about the product. Um, cause that's what we spend, you know, our days and nights thinking about. So it,
0: on the Burning Man, I, I, we haven't heard that before, although I know it's very popular in the tech, um, you know, in the kind of the tech space as a, as a, an event and a getaway and experience, What was it that that kind of stuck with you um, in your business today?
3: Um, Yes, it's uh, there's actually there's an interview that um, Stanford Business School did uh, recently about that uh, with me, and I mentioned a bunch of things. I mean, I you know some of the sort of core Burning Man principles um, like immediacy and uh, you know radical self self expression and and uh, you know inclusion. Um, there's, there's like a, a lot of things that, you know, just being open-minded and, and, uh, and getting creative. Um, I think it, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of different things. It's really hard to explain. I think, uh, people, people that have been, uh, often have a hard time explaining, uh, sort of tangibly what it is that, that had an impact on them. Um, it's, it's sort of a, you know, a profound experience that I highly recommend for, for everyone. I mean, I'm trying to get my parents to come out wow. <laughs> in the next couple of years. And I think they're open to it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty special place.
0: Very cool. Very cool. So where do we keep up with you and OnFleet online? Uh,
3: so at OnFleet on Twitter um, will we'll, you know, be a good place to, uh, uh, to follow us. Uh, we have a Facebook uh, page. OnFleet.com is where you can find us. Um, and, you know, people can reach us by shooting an email to contact at onfleet.com. Cool. And are are you on Twitter? We are. Uh, I am. Yeah. So my Twitter is, uh, at Kentucky, K E N T U K T E K. Cool. And we'll link that too.
0: So, um, people can keep up with you and, and what you're, what you're doing as well. Um, well, very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
3: Yeah. Thank you as well. Appreciate it. Take care Michael. Yes, you too. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to this
0: episode of the Rocketship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, Rocketship.fm. And be sure to check out our app discount section, where we have discounts on products that we use every day, like Woo Themes, Wistia, Treehouse. Go to Rocketship.fm forward slash essentials and get your discounts today.
2: keep to money Good times, there's gon' be some good times Man, we used to pull up and let them fight at that hood time Remember I used to grab on that ass when it was about that wood time Yeah, that little bitch walk up trip she get that much time I don't waste time, time. I don't waste time, I don't, time. I don't have patience, baby, baby She gon' get on top of the dick and she gon' squish it like squish Didn't go fast, she speed racer On the same pills My diamonds could never stay still Wait, you going can't come here yeah. I always take you back you for your time Come on for a good time, a you want, a long time yeah. like Me you got the Ay, Baby, can't sit it down. You not known like a Ay, yeah. I told my mama I don't mind my teeth do. I wanna control you like voodoo. I'm sad and free on oh, phone and do loo Every time I have a good time, to do good time, Come on ba- good time, but uh, you uh, It was good, you know, we enjoyed it, but we never used to like rave